Welcome, it is Monday Club and I am Fat Sam. Now, I've got a deal for you. Go and check out expertelectrical.co.uk. They're the UK's number one online wholesaler. They specialize in industrial and commercial stuff, um, but they do a range of everything really. Check them out, they might revolutionize the way you do business, if I can even get them words out correctly. Um, quote Bundy 10 and get your 10% discount. They are the UK's number one. Why not go and check them out? Expertelectrical.co.uk. Now, on with the show. Reading there, uh, Dave. Well, uh, just the professional electrician I featured on the front cover on Nick. Uh, what are you reading? Oh, professional electrician I'm featured on the front cover. What are you reading there? Oh, oh. Where, where's your oh. Oh. it's sad. I've got loads of copies. Look, there's one up here, <laughs> one down there, there's one there. Um, hey, right, <laughs> so. Welcome to Monday Club. I've sacked Sam off because he's useless. He keeps offending everyone. Uh, we're in the room tonight with Dave Savory, DSES Electrical. And we all know who he is. He's old man. And then uh, we've got Luke from My Trust Electrician, Luke Richard. Finally. People think you're gone. Where have I gone? Um, oh, I don't really know how to answer that, to be honest. I, um, I've always your last Your beginning. last videos were COVID and then that was they it, were, wasn't yeah. it? I think I was kind of expecting COVID not to go on for as long as it did. Yeah. I thought as soon as COVID ends, I'll come back. And um, it's still here. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. still here. Is it all the, uh, what stops you from, from filming? Is it all like the restrictions and stuff? You just want to um, stay on some video somewhere in some of the comments. So I can't be asked while all this, um, all these restrictions are around and you've got to wear masks and, do all that sort of gubbins. Do you know what? Um, do you know, a lot of people have actually asked, and I think I've given them all different answers because I probably didn't really know the reason myself. Um, I've probably said I was too busy, which isn't a complete lie, but I suppose you're only busy with what you decide to be busy with. Yeah. I, I honestly, I just haven't really enjoyed it. I, I haven't. I used to enjoy going to work. And whilst I was at work, I, you know, I wouldn't mind doing a video, but whilst I'm not really enjoying going to work, I don't think I could really do a very good video whilst I'm sort of a bit pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably the honest truth. I've also said as well in the past, I said I'm not really a YouTuber. A lot of people are YouTubers, they're electricians. I'm an electrician, that's a YouTuber. So normally the electrics comes first and the YouTube comes afterwards. And I've kind of used the time to try and sort of put a lot more effort into the company and see if I can sort of boost it up a little bit, go up to the next level, next rung of the ladder. You, yeah. you took on high, didn't you, just before you, you stopped your videos? Oh, what was that? You, you you took on a guy, didn't you? You had a, a new apprentice, was that right? Oh, I've gone through so many people. We, we had Tommy. That was it, Tommy. Yeah, he was a nice lad, but he, I don't think he really wanted to be a spot. I, I probably can't say too much about it because I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I could sort of see he wasn't, his heart and soul wasn't into it. I think he just sort of stumbled into the job. Yeah. And um, yeah, he, he tried it, he gave it his best, but he just, at the end of the day, he wasn't a spark and he just didn't want to do it. And he just, I think it wasn't enjoyable for him. So he's, he's gone his own way. We've gone through a few other apprentices since then. It's, it's not as easy as it used to be getting an apprentice. But, I think um, I just fell super lucky, really. Yeah. Super, super lucky. How big, how big is your company, Luke? How many people you got working with you? Um, so we've got Vicky now. My, my wife started working for us, and we've got me, Dean, and two apprentices. I'm quite fortunate, actually. The two apprentices we've got are actually, they're really good. It's, it's like buses, really. They all come across, come along at once. Um, so, yeah, they're really dedicated. They've got themselves a couple of Instagram um, accounts now, and I think they've got a bit of friendly competition between each other. Um, Dean's a great guy. He's, he's good. He can be left alone. He's, he puts like a lot of um, dedication into his work, which is quite nice. It's always quite hard for me because I made the mistake of calling myself my trusted electrician. Mm. And the last thing you want to do, I mean, if I was just Joe Bloggs Electrical, it doesn't really matter what sort of standard the work is. But if you say I'm my trusted electrician and you've got to try and do something that's a little bit better than the last guy. And 
if you just sort yeah. of got someone out there that's just sort of on par with everyone else, you're not really much better. And you know, the customer starts sending you funny emails saying, you know, I've abused you because I thought you was better than the other guy, and you're sort of no better off. You're just charging me more. <laughs> right. Um, no, I've been quite lucky. Dean's, Dean's great, and the other two lads are great. Vicky's really helping me out. I'd be lost without Vicky. You know, I've delegated so many tasks to Vicky now. I don't think if she if she left, I'd, I'd have to close the company down. So I won't have a clue what to do. Same situation. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And you, you had a, a another another baby, didn't you? Kobe yeah, baby was it? Baby. It was a little girl. Congratulations, mate. Yeah, so we say we've got... really spoke since over a year. Yeah, it doesn't we're... feel like it though. On the pub, weren't we? Over a year. Yeah. Ago. The rusty back box. Oh God. I don't know about oh. you, but like I've lost track of time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I had two two and a bit months off from the first lockdown, and that was the first month I would say best time of life. You probably the same thing with the kids doing stuff from the house, yeah. enjoying ourselves. Dave was playing Fortnite, and um, towards the end it started to like I ticked jobs off that I had been planned to do for five years, and but then money started getting a bit tight because we were being sit willy nilly on Amazon. Oh, on board, let's do this for tomorrow, and used to look forward to the Amazon guy turning up to getting some stuff. And towards the end, it was like, I'm pulling, pulling my air out of my teeth. And then when we went back to work, I was so looking forward to it, but trying to get the enthusiasm and the, the mental state to get back into it and do it your all and give it your best. You start looking at two o'clock in the clock, you think, mm, yeah, it's time to go home. When you really, you, you've done sod all. But now, once we got back in the swing of it, the time absolutely flies. It gets to Thursday and, sorry, it gets to Tuesday. Me and Adam are like, what's going on? It gets to Thursday, we're like, well, it, the days just merge into one now, like the rewires we've been doing. It's just literally get up, go to work, do as much as we can, come back, do family time. And you do repeat the cycle, especially when you're doing rewires and you're the same place day in, day out. It's what I used to enjoy when we did little odd jobs, like five or six a day here, there, and you're never in the same place. And time goes faster, but because you're everywhere, it's, I don't know, it seems a bit more enjoyable. I don't know what it's like with you guys. Yeah. Do you like prefer jump around or same place? I don't like, I see, I like things to be different. So I can spend weeks and weeks doing a little job to be really happy. And then I can do weeks and weeks doing the big jobs. And I find if I do something for too long, I'll get bored of it. So we did steel conduit not that long ago. And I hadn't done it for a while. We were going around garages doing loads of steel conduit. Really enjoyed it. By about the fourth day, I was like, I'm bored of this now. I want to go back yeah. to doing the other stuff. Yeah. yeah, you've got the variety, haven't you? And I was saying to Nick earlier, um, Nigel and I, our energy levels just aren't in it anymore. We find things like rewire jobs quite tough. We perhaps need some young blood on the van, but probably never get around to taking anyone on. And I was saying to him, maybe we should concentrate more on fault finding and inspection work and less on installation work. The trouble is, it would bore the piss out of you, wouldn't it? That sort of stuff, just yeah. doing the arms day and day. I mean, we've all experienced that because of the legislation change that meant every landlord and his dog wanted a bloody EICR over the last year and I imagine you were all sick of doing them as I was. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know um, Covid did have some good points for me it gave me a kick up the arse and I finally I did some online courses went back to college and I got my 2391 at last I've been minutes that I've, I mean I started this when I was 16 in 2001 so it's well overdue so I managed to finally get time to do that and um, yeah, I mean, obviously with the UICRs, that was a great help. Mm. A lot of practice. Yeah. A lot of practice. <laughs> we're, we're sick of them. We've still got a couple left to do. Some of the people, and we had it the other day, I could go do three one-bedroom flats, knock on the first one, it's eight o'clock in the morning, don't answer, don't answer the phone. I think, fine, right, I'll go to the next one. And we had it for two days on the trot where nearly six people didn't answer the door to us. Of course. And we were like, that? well... We always give because if I only have it twice, really, and add a bit of a rant on a video, and you should people would say you should charge them for it and everything. But I'll always give them the benefit of the doubt once. Like if it's a mistake, yeah. some of these EICRs have been booked in a month prior. So if they've not written it down on the diary or they can't manage the diary as well as other people, they do forget and it slip up, and that's fine. And I'll just put a letter through the, the uh, letterbox and just say, "We tried it this time. Um, can you give me a bell? If not, I will try and call you tonight and drop you an email." Nine times out of ten, they'll text me back. They do, and it's it's. Oh, I'm really sorry, the kids or whatever. So it's fine. Rebook it in, and we always say, just please don't forget next time because 
you know, it's our living. If we we can't get let in, we don't get paid and it's another day wasted. But then at the bottom of the emails, terms and conditions is if you are not in this property again at such and such time, if you agree to it, there will be a surcharge to you guys. And I've had to do it to one person who didn't answer the door three times, three site visits. And in the end, I had enough. I was so annoyed. And this person rang back and said, oh, I was only 10 minutes late. I'm at the house now. I was like, you weren't because we hung around your house for 15 minutes past when we were due because I needed to get this done. And you weren't there. Oh, no, 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 no. I came back at 10 past. I said, no, well, how much do you argue with someone? Because they're not really my yeah. customers. They're the estate agents. And it's very frustrating, but uh, do you know that what I mean? For a third party like an estate agent, though, isn't it? I've, I've had that. You, well, I've had a guy ring me today who's bypassed the estate agent and said that they're, they're being too slow. I want to come directly to you. I want to pay you directly um, because it's another link in the chain that doesn't need to be there sometimes. Mm. It just takes too long. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's one of them. Let's. Uh, oh, hang on. Oh my god, I clicked something. Oh, I thought I stopped recording. Then I'm not used to this. Um, yeah. So me and Dave were saying about earlier about. I'm supposed to be here, not recording these things. Oh, do you know what I mean? <laughs> when we recorded one the other week, Luke, Sam was recording it. Well, we everyone joined, and there was a new girl called um, Caitlin. She works for for Quinergy. I'm going to chat with her. She was great, bubbly, we have a good laugh backwards and forwards. And uh, we were on it for about an hour and 10 minutes. And then as we were saying, right, and Sam does Monday Club are out. And as he ended it, he then looked across at the screen and he re- the whole thing he hadn't recorded. No. And he, he said, oh, is it okay if we just stay on for another half an hour? And I was like, first of all, it's 4 billion degrees in my office. Second of all, like my other half away now says, I haven't had my tea yet. And I was just like, mate. And then when we did, he, him and Kimmy came to my unit, we recorded three in a day. And when he ripped the SD card, he got the first bit, downloaded the first bit and recorded and edited the first one. He then deleted the next two that we filmed. That's Sam. He's like, oh, God. I feel like saying to him, just give it to me and I'll edit it. And there's no Sam. I've, got a, I've just got... The B team, no offence to you, obviously, Luke, because you're the guest, but B team Bundy. Oh, it's like that, is it? It's like that. I have more pull. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. Um, but no, what I wanted to speak to you, obviously, us three all do YouTube, Luke used to. Hopefully, at some point, you can return. Because I mentioned you in one of my videos recently, and oh, everyone sorry. went mental in the comment. Oh, we need the Luke back. Luke needs to be here. Because you, oh, you, you were one of the first guys that I watched with, how neat the fuse boards were. And I used to love the way you used to back it off, bit of rear entry. Everyone likes me saying that, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but with the trunk in across the top, you know, the four by two, whatever it was, and you would spend your time. And I remember that one video that you did that, I think it's before I started. It, it was late at night. It was like a downstairs flat. It was in a cupboard and you were there and you were messing around with the whole source and you were getting it all, lining it up. And I was like, that's a proper job. That is like, it made me step up my game to do it. And it's stuff like that where you inspired me to do it. I've done it countless times now in all my videos, obviously with Copex, which people got a bit of hate for it. I'm not sure. A uh, bit of flexi conduit. But it's nice progression of all the apprentices now that tag me and stuff that realistically they saw me do, but I only did it because I saw you do it. And, you know, where did oh, you pick all amazing. that from? That's mm. oh, amazing. Well, I mean, when I started, I didn't have anything. I just had my spark. So whatever he did, I, I learned from. I um, never really veered from anything he did. But as soon as YouTube came out, it's amazing because like, you have all these different other electricians. You'll take a little idea from that guy and an idea from that guy. And you might take an idea from him, but you'll just change it slightly. And it's yeah. the way things are changing now. It's, it's a network. You're not just your own person. You're, you've, you've got the skills of everyone. Yeah. And you can just use them all to your advantage. It's fantastic. You think in your head is right and you're used to doing it that way. And then someone will come along in the comments and go, oh, you shouldn't do it that way because of whatever. And you're like, oh, I'd never considered that. That's actually a yeah. good point. And it's, the feedback's great on it. Let's yeah. uh, ask the, um, the haters. Yeah, it <laughs> the, is uh, scary. The general crowd, and it is a lot of the time the same names cropping up again and again, uh, are usually just um, have some really helpful things to say and we will put you right uh, in a, a useful way often when you get something wrong. So I find it's very beneficial um, personally for yeah. the up-dogging around stuff. Yeah. 
And it's not just the practical stuff as well. A lot of the theory and the fault findings are, for instance, David, when you did your video, you did a bit of fault finding using, was it Appendix I of the GS Scott guidance? No, not the guidance, no, it was the on-site guide. You used the uh, the table calculation to work out the resistance and you managed the to plot the cable. how long. Yeah, that was really clever. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to explain this to Adam the other day and it was Amy when she was on helping us. And I was like, it's so clever like the way you did that because obviously you put that cable in you knew exactly where it ran and i was trying to explain mm -hmm. to adam he was like oh can we do that with everything i was like well no because we have no idea the cable goes like that i was bending it and it, you know what i mean i said it's so handy but that shows as well another lesson that once you've done your first fix ir test it make sure there is nothing wrong with it and you've got that result you know you've either took a picture of it or something to then the next time you come around when you second fix and there was that fault, you can easily say to the customer, it was fine when I did it. And then the surcharge and the cost goes onto the plaster or whoever did the fault. And it's another little tip that apprentices or people in the trade now can get off us. I had that off you watching that little tip. And it was a great little, yeah, good little tip that you would never find out from being Joe Blogs that doesn't go online with electrics or just gets your normal college lecturer telling you stuff because that wouldn't normally come up, especially in a physical, practical scenario where you could explain everything which was cool yeah well in college they don't really teach you the fault finder they teach you how to do things they don't teach you how to fix a fuck up because yeah. um there's an infinite number of fuck ups and possibilities and combinations that things can go wrong but there's only a, a certain number of ways you can do it right mm. and so yeah. they, they couldn't teach a course to show you every possible way of finding a, a fault unfortunately to find that out in the field yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot of real-world stuff often at college I found when I was there. There's, there's no, there was never any time where we looked at what a, a, a typical, for example, domestic installation might look like and the devices in use there and, and what they were for, what they were doing, what you might see. There was nothing like that. Obviously, you do your, your practical stuff of throwing stuff onto the wall and you do your theory but there's nothing that sort of there's no sort of real world experience element to it as such which i think is where the likes of youtube comes in quite handy because people can see idiots out on the job us lot wide <laughs> yeah yeah but the thing is it's, it's nice we've got a good age uh, gap as well um from you dave who's 104 down to uh, you know Mikey that does the industrial stuff, or is your current? Who's I think Mikey's twenty, just turned twenty-five. I used to yeah, be the youngest. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's done loads of stuff recently, which is what was missing. It was all the industrial and commercial stuff, really. Um, and the way he's grown his Instagram and shown how neat you can do stuff and the right way to do it, and the cool tools that he uses now. He was showing, was it the Milwaukee torque wrench driver that he it was like an angled one that he put on the other day. And I was like, that is so cool. I want one, but mm. let's be honest, us guys would never use it in domestic. Um, but yeah, it's cool. And it's, it's not only the little tips and tricks, but it's the tools now that you can show off and we can find. Obviously, we get given stuff through sponsors. Well, Dave doesn't. Um, through <laughs> sponsors stuff, which hat. we can then show out. Oh, you got a hat. Nice hat, mate. Fine tool. <laughs> um but like seeing tools I never saw before. So I would never have picked up the arm slice unless I hadn't seen it on maybe Chris's videos, which has saved me a lot of time. And the tool bags. I mean, there's loads of different stuff. I can't really name more now, but the different tools that everyone's using. And then the brands as well, like the different brands. I've always, I always stuck with Hager when I was by myself and I just knew it was a good brand. My boss used it. And then look at us now. And like, there's that many different things that we use and try. Um, to show off and, and and see how it works and different styles that I like as well. Like I say I picked up Flexi Conduit from you, Luke. <laughs> so anyone that blames me for it, can't be a bit of Flexi Conduit, mate. Mate, it's brilliant. I know we still love it. I'd say well, if you're in like a cupboard or a shed or a loft or something, it just you can't be a bit of Flexi Conduit. It gets a little bit more protection and it gets you all over those nooks and crannies and things. Sometimes if we're doing a bit of plastic conduit. We'll run the plastic conduit down the straight bits of the wall. When you might have like a really awkward bend, you just put a little bit of flexi around the awkward bend and then have a bit of straight again. Um, That's I what I did. Say, yeah. Yeah. You was just talking about tools and that on, on YouTube. I bought my Metabo chaser just purely because I saw you use it. And then I mentioned, see, you mentioned me on your, on your last videos. You said you was going to do the uh, conduit in the wall. Yeah. The 20 mil. Well, I wouldn't have ever done that if I hadn't used the Metabo because the, 
our sake of trying to chase it all out, just it just wasn't worth trying to go that, that much deeper. But because it's so easy now with that mm-hmm. Atala, you know, you might it's, it's a no-brainer, you might as well do it with the conduit because it's a lot easier to push the cables down. You don't have to try and get them side by side and a bit flat of oval. You can just get it down a bit around, it's so much easier. And uh, this is what I the yeah. rewire that I'm doing. I've got one, I need to speak to you about this. I've got to do one in London in beginning of August. Okay. Just yeah, it's um I want to do that there, but I don't know if you saw the latest video. I actually messed the blade up because I did the tarmac outside, <laughs> which worked a treat. And then when I did the rewire just in Nottingham, I tried to use it and the video's not out yet, but it took me 15 minutes to push it up one chase. I just couldn't do it. So I ended up binning it and then putting the dual blades in that I'd never used. And it worked well because I separated them right. I just had a little tiny scoop to scoop the insides out, but it was a lot of effort compared to just running it up once, chops a good one. Is that the video on yeah, the, the vest? Yes, the vest one, yeah. Yeah, yeah I got a few comments got about that. Didn't have to go off and uh, crank one out. <laughs> oh, wow. I was waiting for the uh, the comments of people, but it was one of them days where it was so, so muggy outside. And we only had to just step outside and your T-shirt was stuck to you. And I took my T-shirt and I put, I've always got a, a spare top in the van and, it was a vest and I thought oh why not I'll, I'll just wear that and then I forgot I was recording and I was like oh no oh no <laughs> but um yeah I got a few uh nice nice surprising comments off that but uh hey but then a few people saying I turned it off straight away because you're wearing a vest I was like, okay mate we should have persevered it was a tough wank but we, I got there in the end <laughs> <sighs> there we go there it is <laughs> um but yeah it's just cool like the way we can all pick and choose off each other but you think we've pinched off three of us have pinched ideas off each other well I don't know how much Dave's copied us probably none but um, you think how many people it's impacted real world I mean I've had that many messages about the Metabo it's unreal how many people would have you bought one after it and that many messages I had people ringing me up at 11 o'clock at night when the video first came out saying like I'm about to click buy you know, is it yeah. worth it like is it actually worth it because people generally do believe the videos that we produce if I get given this battery, is this the best battery in the world that I've ever touched and I would never buy anything else? Like, you got to be honest with people. And if there's stuff that I don't like, we do say it on the videos, um, whether it's given to us or not. And that's the agreement I have with companies. If you give me something and I've got to review it, be prepared for me to say something bad about it as well, because not everything's amazing. Um, yeah. I, that's one of the things I said about the, the Metaba. There's nothing wrong with it. It saves so much time and effort. I, there's not one fault I could pick with it, to be honest. Is it is this sponsored by anybody? No, sorry. Is this sponsored by anybody, Monday Club? Uh Expert Electrical. Oh right, right. So they sound cool. metabo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say it's it, a lot of these things are quite big investments, especially that metabo. I mean, how much is that? Like is it four hundred and hoover and it's about seven hundred all in together? Yeah. Yes, it is. I mean, anyone that's never used it or seen it being used. We'd probably steer clear of it but because of the youtube videos because you can actually see somebody doing a similar task to what they're going to be using it for and seeing that it actually is profitable you're willing to buy it i probably would never have bought that if i hadn't seen you use it on the video and i probably would never yeah and i got given it for free which i've said at the beginning of the video and it's one of them expenses at the time where i couldn't have eat, i could not have gone right there's 700 quid it's it how my life it just didn't happen like work was okay but i had a lot you know it's like childcare money just falls out your ass um and as soon as th- that i got it and a few jobs in a few rewires we did i said to adam if this ever breaks i would buy one tomorrow i'd buy yeah. buy one tomorrow and then it would be worth every penny but obviously you got the other brands that are jumping on board with it now i know jordan got a hilty one um they've started bringing them up because they're so widely used by domestic sparks has it got the same blade in it i don't know i don't know he, I, I think blade, he did a video it? on it Although I suppose that blade's inter- interchangeable, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's 125mm blade, so I would have thought it'd fit yeah. in quite a few different it's ones. Basically, an angle grinder blade. It's wider, though, with some teeth in it. Yeah. And you could, yeah, I suppose it's interchangeable. We don't have to go for a Metabo um, chase side, just as long as you buy the Metabo blade. Yeah, because everyone that I used to know used to have the old Titan ones from Screwfix, what, about 120 quid with yeah, a Henry Hoover attachment. <laughs> yeah, and I had to go with yeah, my old wasn't very good. No, because it was only most of the time a single blade. I, I never don't think I ever used it with the dual blade. It worked well, but if you don't have a powerful enough hoover, you end up filling the room anyway. 
I, I totally agree. It, do you know what? The Hoover as well, even if I didn't have the chaser, that Hoover is amazing. The Henry's, no. you know, I can't fault it, Henry, but I mean, we've used it for the diamond cutting as well because we've got a diamond cutter, which sucks the dust out of the room. And that Hoover is amazing because not only does it, you plug your device into it, the Hoover turns on when you use the device and it turns back off maybe a couple of seconds after you take your finger off the trigger. But it's not just the time you save chasing the wall out. It's the time you save not having to clean the room afterwards. Because yeah. the dust, cleaning the room, you not only do clean it straight away, but when the and, dust uh, settles, maybe an hour late, you've got to clean it again. Yeah, and how did it make you jump or what? Well, you know when it self um, cleans its own filters, it goes. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, when they because I opened it yeah. up, I sort of semi-read the instructions when I first had it and turned it on, and it did that noise. I thought instantly well, I broke it. I'm not even used to it. I broke it. And obviously, yeah. you read the instructions. It uh, it vibrates, Dave, and it cleans the. It's got two filters on the top, and it vibrates it to knock all the loose off it's very clever very clever yeah, yeah. Talking about stuff i can't afford and won't buy so i can't <laughs> thing is you don't really do house rewires though do you but yeah 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 we do yeah uh, yeah I, not too many of them because again old, old. I, I feel i'm like I, i'm like an uh, one of the i'm like an old iphone a six month old iphone i wake up in the morning and i'm like yeah 100 battery level <laughs> <laughs> i'm a fucking frosty pops and then i'm Next check, and it's like at 70%. I'm like, bloody hell, it's only half past eight. I haven't even started anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. do, do you actually drive every morning and get a coffee with Nige? You sit outside. I've seen that so many times on Instagram. Before you even go anywhere, you've gone to a cafe for a coffee. Yeah, I know. Because there's a little local cafe here, and they, they've changed their opening hours now. They've decided they're not going to open until 10 o'clock now, which is a bit of a pisser or something like that. So we've lost our little coffee spot. We were just saying this morning, though, as we came out of Greg's the game, that we need to get out of that routine because it's really not helping the waistlines. Yeah, I had the same thing every morning. It was a McDonald's breakfast and we've managed to get oh. out of that recently. It was a toffee latte, double sausage egg muffin meal oh. with an extra hash brown every morning. And it was like, no, no, this this used to not be round. <laughs> but hey I, I I love a McDonald's breakfast. Like they're they're amazing. They're so nice. But I say what they I, I think I'm tired before I've eaten it. After I've eaten it, I've got no energy. Yeah, yeah, you it's, just want to go back to bed. Life, yeah, yeah, yeah. What they need to bring back is the breakfast wraps. They were good. They never sucked. Like it was. Yeah. It's the. I think it's the muffin. I did the breakfast wrap. I used to order two of them. <laughs> Nightmare. <laughs> but we were saying earlier on the phone to Dave, going on the subject of YouTube, like how obviously you've stopped for a while, but when you were in full swing last year. Last year? Yeah, a year and a half ago. It was last year, probably, I don't know, maybe March, COVID started, and I must have pumped out four videos, three COVID-related, and then one something to do with immersion elements, and then that was it after that. I, I don't know, a lot, you know, a lot of things happened. Vicky got pregnant, we moved house, and okay. so the COVID thing, the ones I started doing in my shed, that shed no longer existed, so that, that was an end of that, and then... Oh. I don't know. The business picked up, and I just thought, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna run with the business. And when COVID ends, I'll crack back on with the videos, and I will come back. But I'm just, I'm just not happy yet. And to be completely honest, I, I don't think things are gonna get any better as we head into winter. So we're probably looking at maybe February next year. I'll probably start the videos again, and I'll probably try and get myself down the gym first as well because I'm an absolute yeah. state at the moment. <laughs> it's like, mate, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, beginning of covid i was probably the fittest i've been in a very very long time and now i put nearly two and a half stone on i weigh 17 and really? a half stone now well um, we was all gonna go for that run wasn't we yeah that got cancelled yeah what was it a yeah. 10k joy run with muddy puddles and inflatables yeah. and everything wasn't it i was so nervous about that that i was going down the gym sort of every other day because i was like <laughs> I, there's no way i'm going to be left behind i mean i don't, I don't think i'm going to win it but i'm not going to be left back and um, yeah, I, again, I think I was the fittest I was for a very long time. And then yeah. you know, COVID popped up, the gym's closed and I just got fat. Yeah. But see, annoyingly, Dave seems the type of person that can eat and eat and eat and eat and drink and drink and drink. And he could probably put on or maybe even lose weight. But you and me, by the sounds of it, we only have to look at a McDonald's breakfast and you've put a stone I'll on. Do you know what? I still pay for my gym membership because I'm actually scared that so, if I stop paying for it, I'll put calories on just for not paying for the gym membership. Yeah, yeah, I paid mine all the way through lockdown. I didn't even realise. 27 quid going out every month and I've not been for nearly two years now. What you need to do, Nick, is you need to get some weights in it down the down the unit. 
I'll, I'll sign up. Has ingots he can lift up and down? There we go. <laughs> hey, the problem is, I, I got the time now to go, but my who's speaking to Troy from Rhino Rhino Train Trips Troy who who owns it uh, he came to meet us in Nottingham the other day on the Rewire because their office isn't far and we were talking about it and I said and he was telling me about what's the sort of the, the, the age expectancy to how long have you got left to do this sort of thing my knees are absolutely ruined from rugby pop both my kneecaps out um, my feet are trash as I snap my ankle my feet like throughout life I've just broken pretty much every bone and then recently I hurt my wrist oh four months oh, yeah. ago and it hasn't got any better and it's still I can't if I I've got weights at home and I tried to pick one up the other week in the garden and the moment I'm okay doing it up but the moment you get a bit sideways the wrist just goes completely and that look touchy then doesn't it um and I keep thinking but I know it's repetitive because I know I've hurt it, I need to rest it but all I'm doing all day is this with a screwdriver or with a hammer but you know what it's not you do with your left hand you've not got quite the right um for Angle at it. What are you talking about? What? Like, you're sorry? No, screwdriver. Oh, sorry. It's a completely different conversation, mate. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, um, we have speed E to take some of the wrist strain out of your... Uh... I gave mine away to a guy on Instagram. I disliked it that much. Um, I bought mine. I remember you ripped me for it. You ripped me for it so bad when I bought it. And it cost like 205 quid. And I bought it literally for a YouTube video. I'd only done about six videos at the time. I thought, yeah, why not? Because I want one. And it was a great little gimmick, but it didn't have enough torque in it. it the battery went dead, dead quickly. And I, I put it in a video saying, I don't use it anymore. I don't like it. And a guy messaged me saying, oh, can I buy it off? I was like, mate, just have it for free. I don't like it. Um, I just got a little Bosch one, which is pretty the good. Bosch Go. I use a frigging yeah, you've got one actually as well, haven't you, Nick? I think mm. that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I use a 15 quid little black and decker one that I bought <laughs> 10 years I ago. I bet you've got a little holster as well, haven't you? A little oh yeah, it, it lives on the tool belt, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but for the well, something like a second fix where you've got about a million screws to do up and yeah. you, you don't want to give yourself wankers cramp, then I find those sort of things to be fairly handy yeah we use ours for second fixing with the terminal pins especially but we've tried to do it and i've, I've done it before trying to do terminals up and because the shaft shaft length isn't great here we go the <laughs> shaft length isn't great unless depending on what bit you've got but you still don't get the correct torque that you want and i still want them at some point a regulation to be made saying sockets or screws or switches with different size core cables or multi-strand to need to be correct, like with a torque setting on the back of a socket or a switch, just to yeah. give us that peace of mind that we can go around with this. Because at some point, I truly believe that we're all just going to have a torque screwdriver in our pocket all the time for everything. Because yeah, I can't quite understand, yeah, why we have torque settings on a, on a fuse board, but we don't have one on our CBOs, but we don't have stuff on sockets and switches. I know there's a lot less load draw from that end. Obviously, it's only going to be 13 amp on a socket, but still, if you've got three you know 2.5 jammed in there someone spurred off of it yeah. and it's not done up correctly that's just going to overheat which we've all seen over time i think someone somewhere should create it saying three 2.5 mils single core on a socket should be x amount you know 2n or do you know what i mean a good graph that we can sort of the apprentices are taught this at college obviously there'd be several variations wouldn't there like two two cores yeah. and a multi-strand or do you, do you but, really need that to be stated though isn't it just common sense for a good installer to be able to do up the screws and figure out how how tight they are i would like to say so i'd like to say so but i can guarantee all of us three have seen stuff where we took a socket off and then all the cables just fell out the back and oh, yeah, you I'm know fitted by a frigging kitchen fit or a diy and they're not gonna take, no take they won't any numbers printed on the back of the socket i suspect the old um shower isolators cooker isolators they're always you always get a call saying oh, my cooker's not working anymore or my shower's not working. I, I always just, as standard, I'll pick up a, an isolator on my way to the job just knowing full well the chances are either the cooker's buggered or you need an isolator because it's melted in the back. Yeah. And this is through to, to torque settings, but I'm still waiting. I know Gaz did one, um, but I would still like to see socket outlets or shower outlets when we're only having an in and an out, you know, a feed and a load where we've got no other cables bouncing off to have a maintenance-free joint. It's just a push joint in the back. Like a way go. Or an ideal. 
<laughs> um, One day, would... probably many years from now, it'll be like a, um, an addressable fire alarm system where you probably wire it up as a ring. And if the consumer unit acknowledges the fact it's no longer a ring, it isolates the circuit. That's a good show. That's a good point, actually, because I can see smart consuming units being a thing of the future, especially with things like art fault detection and stuff. Do we really need, I mean, I've got, well, I can't remember how many it is now, is it nine computers in my consuming unit? Because I've got individual AFDDs um, built into the RCBOs in there, which is ridiculous. You don't need nine computers in your bloody consuming unit. Do you think there'll be a, come a time where your consuming unit has a little brain in it uh, and can uh, detect it's, it's got basically a, a centralized brain that can detect detect arc faults on any other circuit ways or residual current faults on any other circuit ways and then act accordingly to to trip that circuit way off as a very much to, like um a raspberry yeah. pi because my like you do the little yeah. computers of raspberry so yeah, 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 sounds smart don't i hey eh? there you go yeah but i mean I, I suspect that that's the way things will go eventually rather than having all these individual devices built into your RCBOs. I'm sure there will come a time where you've got your smart consumer unit with its centralized function, monitoring everything. Um, and then yes, it detects that on your shower circuit, an arc is occurring and it, yeah. it and reports it on its list. And you could, yeah, no, I've, I agree with that. And the chances are as well, you probably don't even have to hang the cover off to find it out because you'll just get it sent straight to your phone. To your phone, yeah. You'll say the socket in the lounge has got a, a loose connection on the neutral. And that's fucking scary, isn't it? That's yeah, a good job. But it's possible. <laughs> I mean, I could imagine where maybe in, a, in the future you wire everything maybe to the back box and all the socket faces are just clicking and they're yeah. addressable. So each everything has its own address. And um, yeah, like you said, there'll be a central brain in, uh, brain in the consumer unit. I suppose when that day happens as well, if the socket's so replaceable, maybe we can sort of sort of step away from the um, the shape of the 13 m plug and maybe start having slightly different plugs depending on what's being plugged in. Mm. Yeah, because if you can get a different draw, if it's a smart outlet as well, obviously if you've got a normal 13 amp plug or you've got the 3 amp ones that do for the lamps, you know, the old weird round yeah. ones that you've got. I need to stop doing angestions. Well, DC plug. Yeah, you know, where transformer in the back of the socket, and you can have some. I mean, there's a lot of things out there that only use DC, and so there's you know, rather than have a transformer built into the device like a TV or a computer, maybe the transformer will be built into the socket and it'll just be passing DC out of the plug socket. Yeah, I so, think uh, 75 mil back box, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was uh, E5 or Spike and Ninja or someone that a while ago was saying something about that, about what he can see that. Um, DC distribution may well be a thing of the future. Apologies if it was someone else. I, not yeah, no, no, no. I watched that one, the E5 one, a, a long, long time ago, where they were saying we should split, have split like uh, a double stack board. The top half be AC and the lower half be DC and your Ethernet points and whatnot. And it would, that's a way of measuring it out of you've got your direct power below and then you can get all your computer readings off it, like have an app on your phone because you can physically turn stuff on and off. But yeah, I thought it was a cool little, uh, I have a cool little four-hour uh, podcast I did. Um, what do you reckon? I, our generation? Mm, for us, will we see this? I hope so. And I do hope so at some point where they make a smart consumer unit where not only can we look on our phone, but we get in readings which, you know, pull in at a certain set of time, we'll pull in from the ring main X amount, and then one day it spikes you know what we can figure out what spike for and energy costs very much like you do at the moment but you can also yeah. isolate stuff so you're on holiday and let's say your alarm goes off or your fire alarm or whatnot you can go right i need to turn the power off and you could just isolate the power from your phone stuff like that where you could turn it back on and off if it's something's tripped you could try the mcb whether or not it's electronic i know there's some stuff that someone tagged me in it is from wish you know wish.com yeah where they could buy some sort of smart RCB. But obviously the technology would need to be tested for years and years before we could deem, deem it safe. These things are fine until they get hacked, though, aren't they? <laughs> and you find that yeah. back door that the consumer unit manufacturer hasn't uh, sealed up properly, and then all of a sudden someone else is turning off your power. <laughs> God, could you imagine? Dave on his computer, you see it on the screen in one of his videos. Oh, this is Nick's house. Watch this. <laughs> Pitch black. But yeah, no, it's exciting to see where it's going. But there's 
already the reg changes with 19th edition. When's that coming out? Oh, no, it's an amendment. What amendment's coming out next? Three? Two. Next year. Two. Yeah, it's and killing me because I'm, I'm desperate for some new books, but I'm holding off because I don't really want to spend the money now in full world on the flash of new ones next year. So I mean, like, shiny ones. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so. See, that's what I liked about your, your stuff as well, because most of your jobs, you would take that on site with you, wouldn't you? Well, especially on the videos that we saw. Can I be honest with you? I, I've been doing this now for 20 years and um, it doesn't feel like 20 years. It really doesn't. But I think in the last maybe three years, I, you know, I was so ignorant. I really thought I knew a lot more than what I actually did. It's probably only in the last three years that I really started using my regs book, yeah. which isn't a really good thing to admit. But I know there's a lot of people out there that are exactly the same. Yeah, and help, do you know what? I think Hans... Um, a shout out to Sparky Ninja. Watching his videos was amazing because once you, again, once you leave college and you're out on your own, you've got no one to teach you, it's down to you to try and read this book. And it's so overwhelming because it's such a big book. Sometimes I'd go in it and come out with more questions, but now I love it. I really can't get enough of that book. It's it, the pennies dropped. I understand it. Yeah, there is actually there is an order to that book. And um, it's changed the way I work a lot as well. It's good to hear. I'm yeah, still getting to, time, but... I'm still getting to grips with it to be honest. And I'm probably where <laughs> you were a year and a half ago, where we take it with us. It's always sat in the van bag. Is anything we're untoward? Most of the time, if I go, hmm, not sure, I'll just ring Dave up to be honest. If Dave doesn't answer, it's like, oh, I'll look in the book. Yeah. Um oh, to be fair, if Dave doesn't answer, I'll ring Gaz. Oh, Gaz hasn't answered either. I'll go look in the book now. But um it is, and it's it's what I'm trying to explain to Adam as well. You can read the book. He can read exactly the same reg that I read and you can take it two ways. It's understanding it in your own way and recognise it because a lot of the things, it's how you interpret it. It's not like this has to be like this. It's the way it's worded, find it very difficult. But being dyslexic for me as well, it, it just jumbles my head trying to understand it. So I end up having to read it out loud the same thing five times for it to go in. Yeah, publications are pretty inaccessible to a lot of people uh, just because of the way they're written, and that's why you've got things like the on-site guy that tries to make some sense of it in uh, yeah. any way. But there needs to be more um, like that. We need to do more with it. It's it, like you yeah. say, you have resources like Spark and Ninja who can explain it to you in, in English. Um, yeah, the are, are very difficult. Um, I can't remember what the point I was going to make then, but uh, this is uh, age again. Yeah, it's, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. No, and do you know what? There's um, I'm going to show you something else. There's the on-site garden that's brilliant, but they could do with a few reference books. Where, like, going back to Appendix I of the on-site guide, I think is it Appendix A or B in the GS3 or GN3? Sorry. Um, Rather than sit there doing the calculations all the time, I'm, I'm, I'm lazy now. I just, I just printed up all the resistances on my R1s, R2s. I've got everything written up just because I'm too lazy to have someone on a calculation. I have to do it. It'd be nice if, like base said, there's some more literature out there. It's literally just a, just a book of all the calculations. Yeah, well, uh, that I took the on when we did the ICRs was the Code Breaker book. That was a godsend. That was to, to, to dumb down and give you what was a I don't know answer to a pretty good accurate description of whether or not this what I'm testing now is right or wrong obviously not calculations wise but visually or uh, height wise and whatnot uh, like you say the non-fire red LEDs or uh, sorry, the down lights uh, being too close to the cutout you know the length of bonding it needs to be away which is obviously good easy stuff to know but once it's all written in a little nice little book which just this is today's job i feel like this should almost do one of them for um board changes uh to help people out because that's quite overwhelming unless you do it regularly a lot of people saying i've got a board change to do tomorrow you know what's the first thing i need to do where's it got an isolate switch you need to ring the dno you should have done this three weeks ago um have you done all your testing prior? Have you, do you need, have you done your IR test? You know, it's going to trip if you change the board over without testing it. There's so many things where I feel like you should do bullet points that you should do before you even consider changing the board or even yeah. purchase the board. Um, and we're trying to get it, we've all said it before on separate videos, but just a little package to say, right, this is a fuse box book. 
this is our EICR book. Um, and obviously then Dave could probably create. You should, that's what you, Dave, you should do. You're a clever man. You like writing stuff. Write some books. Yeah. That's okay, it. Right. He can off the tools now. <laughs> Get him a typewriter. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, I'm quite the author. Uh, that was the point I was going to make, actually, about the, the, the regs. You were saying about you and Adam um, can interpret it in different ways. I suppose there have to be grey areas in there uh, because different installations are different and they've got to yeah. be fairly broad and leave you as the, the person on site to, to make your decision. Make the right call. Guidance. Yeah, they, uh, this is what we struggled with. With like, We'll do it this way because you can't always do it. Yeah, yeah. When you're and this is world. what I struggled with with the the EICRs with doing the board changes. I spoke to when I went to the wholesaler. There was four of the sparks, and we we're all chatting. They all ripped me because of YouTube. Like as soon as I walk in, they oh we'll go on get the red carpet out. Celebrities here, and you know what it's like. And we all have a good laugh, and then we started talking about you know what we're doing, testing it. And it was a nice bunch of guys, and they were saying, oh yeah, there's no RCD, so we just said you change the board. I said what? I said, how many times have you done that? He said, oh, it's like my fucking 18th board change this week, uh, this month. And I was like, what? And I was like, well, how are you testing it? What are you doing? And he's just interpreted the regs and the, what he has to do, just the way that we've interpreted it another way. And because there's a no clean cut answer to say, no, you know, the cable depth aren't below 50 mil, uh, no RC protection, it's a C2, or you got metal fittings in a bathroom, C2. And yes, most of the time, but if there's other circumstances around that where you could say this house hasn't been touched for the past 40 years, nothing at all has changed. Why should it fail now? There's a brand new outside socket that's been fitted. Yeah, fair enough. It needs an RCD. We'll, and trying to interpret it in your own way and trying to say to them, and they're like, absolutely, no, it's, it's a fail. There's only so much you can come across without wanting to shout someone. It's tough. It's, it's tough because it's a guessing game. You're um, trying to predict the probability of what is the chances of that happening. So a C3 is basically something where the regulations have said this does not comply. And what you're saying is, yeah, but the chances are hopefully nothing should occur from that. So, for instance, I'm always I'm very on the cusp of C2, C3 for cables less than 50 mil in a wall, purely because I think people's experiences over there their sort of lifetime of working on the tools sort of it, it changes their judgment. I two years ago was in a child's bedroom doing an EICR and they had a metal light switch and below the light switch was a little blackboard that the kids would write on and it had one nail smack bang in the middle. And I looked at it and I thought, well most light switches go up. Yeah. You know, that that's not going to be live, is it? And I tested it. And I had 230 volts between the metal light switch and that nail. And I thought, yeah. he'd be dead. Yeah. He'd be dead. And I tested it. I had uh, greater than 2,000 megaohms on it of insulation resistance. So, I don't it's know scary, what to do. It? It's very, yeah. I mean, sometimes you ask yourself, do you know, I, let me um, tell a story. I, I had to go to a driving awareness course. It was years ago. I, was going ever so slightly faster than the speed limit. And when I was in there, they said, put your hand up if you're here and it's not your fault. It's like, a, you know, it, it, it's, you shouldn't really be here. So everyone's put their hand in yet, and he's gone around and everyone said their, their piece of why it's not their fault. And then they sort of show you a load of videos of stopping distances and blah, blah, blah. And at the very end, they show you a car and it's a real picture and it's got some dents in it and there's like a child's shoe on it. His scooter's in the road and they said, this is a real picture that kids got hit by a car. Let's imagine that's your car. His mum's just walked over to the side of the car. Tell him that excuse you told me at the beginning. How do you have mm. done it? You just think, do you know what, that excuse at the beginning of this, I thought it was fantastic. But now I don't think it's that great. And sometimes you might go, like, for instance, maybe you might hang off a light switch and see a wooden box in the back and go, do you know what, it's been here for 60 years or, you know, since the pre-1960s, it's never called fire, that's fine. But if it did catch fire, what do you tell the mum whose who's kid burnt alive in the house? Yeah. I think the thing is, it's, it's the, the, the way where this all sort of gets into a, a bit of bother um, is that it's all very well 
if people are taking out old equipment and putting in new stuff in a competent manner. Uh, the problem I often find is that a, a well-installed plastic board that maybe the lighting circuits weren't nicely protected on has been ripped out and a metal one's gone in and the, the installation, the metal board is so bad that it hasn't really necessarily improved things in terms mm, yeah. of the installation as a whole. But also the problem is that um, a lot of installers, a lot of inspectors are making a decision on behalf of their customer. They're not saying, here's what I don't like about your installation uh, and what I recommend you do about it. And then leaving them to make the decision as to whether they can afford to upgrade or whether it's worth the, the upgrade for, for the safety of them and their family as the people living there in response to the installation. Instead, people are coming around going, right, we're writing this off because it, it doesn't meet our key tradition. Uh, and we're not giving you a choice about it. We're saying this is dangerous. It's got to go. You've got to give us the work to change it out. And that's that's where the, the problem comes. It's not necessarily yes. It's I'm all for old stuff being taken out and new stuff that makes the installation safer going in. But uh, the customer needs to make an informed decision about that themselves because they might not be able to afford it. They might be right on the sort of poverty line. And you know, you, if you're coming along saying. You, you must, we, we can't pass your installation, you must have it changed. Whereas other people might have come along and say, well, technically it does pass because as Nick says, it's, it's been in for, for so long, there haven't been any modifications, it's as safe as it ever was. But we recommend that you change it because of these reasons yeah. that- Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe the answer would be to, of just how dangerous it could be. So you have your C1, which is your, there's a danger present, your C2, that there's potential danger present, and then you have your C3, that it does not comply, and you say just how dangerous that thing possibly could be. Because I totally agree, I mean, plastic consuming units under the stairs, there is a potential that maybe something could go wrong. Uh, obviously, it's a C3 because, um, yeah, well, it's, it's not been that long since we've been putting them in, but, yeah. I mean, the chances are nothing's ever going to go wrong. Um, the meat is made out of plastic. The isolate is made out of plastic. The DNO fuse is either, I don't know if it's Bakelite or plastic, but the, the consuming, it's, you know, it's, it's sort of null and void. It's, it's not changing the fuse board isn't really going to solve all the problems. You've done your job on the inspection. You will have talked it all up inside there anyway, so there shouldn't be anything yeah. getting that's True. Uh, any overprotective devices that overcurrent protective devices that are rated incorrectly for the type of wiring that they're, they're protecting yeah. if you verify that all that is is okay then yes it should be okay. but I understand what you're saying because I totally you're, agree actually with the talk sayings you're there saying well it should be all right but then three days later the house burned down and the kids die you're like oh <laughs> maybe that was the wrong <laughs> but what can you do you know you've got to yeah. It's like MOTs on your car, isn't it? So the garage might let something slip with an advisory, and then yeah, you skip if, I'm, if I'm right in believing the reason that the plastic consuming units was an issue in the first place was to do with the meter towers and anything on the DNO side being anything after the MCB, if there was a problem, the MCB would trip anything before the MCB. Obviously, things would just melt and catch fire because the chance of the DNO's 1361 ever blowing is very unlikely. But um, like you said, if the talk settings are fine and you've ticked that box on your inspection schedule that everything's fine, then there's obviously there should not be an issue with the plastic consuming unit. No. Well, I've still got mine and I'm keeping it. <laughs> Mine's still plastic in my house. Well, here's an argument for you. To, to, oh, actually, no, I suppose it wouldn't be. Someone, someone once mentioned to me about putting metal switches and sockets underneath the stairs. And I was like, I don't think you, you grasped the idea of why you had to have a metal consuming unit. It wasn't because... Things under the stairs, obviously, you know, if the stairs went up in flames, you wouldn't get out of your house if you were asleep. But it's it's obviously the switches would be controlled from the MCB. Mm. But things prior to the MCB, like the bus bar or the, you know, 60947-3s from the DNO. So obviously, if those weren't talked correctly and they started to get hot and melt, the only thing that's protecting them is the 1361, which is very unlikely to, to pop. I've only ever been to two that's ever blown. One, the guy tried to wire his shower up and got the pull cord wrong. And when he turned it on, for some reason, it, <laughs> it, it blew up the main main fuse. But uh, the other one was that house fire I went to and the fuse bulb went up. Um, but that was a, by the looks of it, a loose cable on the meter tails. That's what we saw. Of, that's where the most damage was and the most heat. And 
there was no obviously the top the entry of the meter tails the only thing that's going to blow is your your main fuse and it did eventually because the way the board melted it pushed into the uh, live neutral touch together oh god that was scary it was scary mate if that fuse board was in the house they would have been dead set fire in the middle yeah. of the night it's it's not nice being unless you've been to a house fire afterwards it's very it's a very silent hill yeah. when you go in there I've, i went to one it was it was a bedroom and it wasn't actually an electrical fire although the company i've been working for was doing an extension at the time so they thought oh it was something that they'd done but it was a room on the other side of the building and what it was it was actually a crystal that was on the windowsill which was fine um sort of 363 days of the year but on this one particular day, the sun was at a certain height, at a certain angle, at a certain time, which managed to cast a, a light onto the bed sheet and set on fire. And uh, yeah, this bedroom was horrific. You could see the bed springs, the lava sticking out the ceiling. It, it just looked like a scene out of hell. Yeah. Everything was Not nice. Not nice. But it's... Uh, where the guy had, um, instead of the shower isolator, had wired an IP light switch. <laughs> and he fired it. I can't remember he wired it now. I think he wired it so that he obviously didn't have the first clue what he was doing. He wired it so that he, he put lime, neutral, and earth, uh, CPC rather, from the um, from the supply into the uh, common L1, L2. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. <laughs> and uh, yeah. It's, uh, he did well to get the six mil in the light switch terminals. He probably definitely cut them down a bit. Yeah, you might. Have been, I don't know. It was, uh, it was years ago. I should have taken some pictures, but uh, that fried the absolute bollocks off the RCD main switch because it was a TT installation. It had a hundred milliamp RCD, real old one as well. Uh, and it's like, fucking hell, mate! You ain't going to find one of those at this time of night. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, well, we went went rang round to speak to everyone to see because obviously when we got there, the um, there's no power. The meter was off, so I said the only thing we can do is ring Western Power, which is our our DNO, and, and get them to come out. And this was two days before Christmas, and uh, they weren't having it. And I said, in the end, I spoke to them, so we pulled it, looked at it, obviously tested it, nothing there. We took it out, we put it back in, and uh, they turned up. I think half twelve at night. After and it was because I remember I just dropped Adam off at his house before he was driving. And going, that's it. We're finished with Christmas. This was like two, three years ago, wherever it was. And uh, as soon as I pulled off his drive, that the phone went. I was like, oh, no, why? But um, yeah, it's just crap. But equally, still, I, it's the tradition that's on at the moment. We're not allowing to to pull the main fuses, and why most new meters aren't fitted with isolation switches for us to work on the boards is ridiculous. Because yeah. every time I change a board now, it's costing the cost, uh, costing the customer. Is it two hundred and seventy quid now to get an isolator fit around here? Which is Why is it not part of the meter? Oh, it's just stupid. I've seen one or yeah. two way use a little turn screwdriver, isolates I mean, it. Why is there not two on the meter? Why is there not one on the left, one on the right? One's for obviously the DNO coming in, and one's for us on the other side. Mate, I don't understand it. I don't know if it's just a money making scheme from their end, um, but I mean, probably most of the sparks that I know, they don't do what we do and they just pull it, do it themselves. Just think, well, well, I mean, now that uh, Western Power have stopped haste from doing it at a reasonable pool price I, I i've not been i don't do many board changes but uh the, the last one i did that sbs board i put in um that's the customer engaged western power to fit an isolator there um and paid the price paid the money for it um but uh, i installed a, a, a lucian board recently let's do a video about that and um i'll just cut the point what do you mean uh, this one <laughs> yeah it looks like the right board but what's that massive penis next to it oh wow well the one that's wearing a hat but yes uh it's <laughs> well, it's interesting isn't it because i wonder if western power or their ilk will ever carry out their threat of doing someone for finding people I've seen stuff on the Facebook forums where someone says, I've got to do this tomorrow. What should I do? And everyone on the forums going, just pull it. They won't turn up. But then a few people said they have been done, but that's just the what is, they say. For these, the sake of trying to fiddle the thing. It's not like you're yeah. trying to fiddle or anything. You're doing it because you've got to make it safe. 
and they haven't given you any sensible option to do so. Uh, as you say, you've got to book it three weeks in advance and it costs over 200 quid. Well, that's not not a practical proposition. So, and, I, and I remember a job a few years ago, I think I've said this before, which is a fucking boring story being repeated. But I was on a job a few years ago where I, I was I was going to change out a BS3036 board and um, I found the Western Power said, oh, there's no isolator on here. I need to do board change. Like, yeah, we can be there in a couple of weeks. Uh, and then I said, uh, yes, but the, this old fuse box, there's, uh, it's damaged. There's a, a great big smashed out area exposing live parts. I need it to be uh, sorted out sooner than that. And they just sort of say, well, look, you're the guy on site. You make a call on it. Fair enough. Really? So, what do you got to do, really, to get around it? I don't know if we should be saying this on this channel here. <laughs> but is to um, potentially whack a hammer through the old board or whatever. <laughs> or, or just emphasise it's worse than it is on the phone. Yeah, and then people it, do that. Oh, I can hear yeah. a buzzing sound from the fuse board. Just... I had that last year. We, we had a, a job where the meter was making a very unhealthy noise. And um, I just had a hell of a job. I was trying to speak to this. The, 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 um, the people renting it put me onto their supplier. And I was on the phone to this offshore call centre. And I just could not get through to this guy that, look, I'm a sparky on site here. This meter, I don't like the noise it's making. It might be nothing, you know. It might it might just be something. It wasn't a mechanical meter; it was a, a, a digital meter, uh, and it shouldn't be making the kind of buzzing noise or whatever it was that it, that it was making. I can't remember. It was like, well, some kind of mechanical sounding noise that ought not to be coming from it. And I'm like, I was saying to, her, I, 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 it shouldn't be making that noise. I don't know what it is. It might be something perfectly benign, or it might be dangerous. Uh, but someone needs to come and effectively change the meter or check it out. And I just could not get this person to understand what I was saying. He's going, yeah, but the meter's working, is it? Well, yeah, I can see numbers on it, but that's not the point. The point is, I, 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 it's, it's it shouldn't right. be anything audible. It should be visual only. Working. Yeah, and they, they just wouldn't have it and they wouldn't send anyone around. So goodness knows if that house ever burnt down. I think we're missing a trick personally. I mean, if there was to create some sort of CPS scheme where you go off on a course pay a fee or a yearly fee monthly fee and have to sort of be you know, you know inspected every so many months or you know yeah if you flash gear make sure you got evidence and talks i mean i'm sure you could if you could go out and go on a course just to put isolators in and pay them for, to do so they'd, yeah. they'd be win-win wouldn't they and I think yeah. the likes of MAPE and NIC are, I don't know how heavy they're pushing for this, but I think you're quite right. They'd love to be able to say, right, if you're a member of our organisation, you're authorised to uh, pull fuses. Once you've attended our CPD... 500, yeah, £500 pound course. Yeah. Get your own insurance as well. I mean, they can really delegate this off, but nothing really comes back and bites them in the arse. You've still got the 1361 to, to save you. Well, it doesn't really save you, does it? But... It's not going to blow the grid up because you're on the right side of the fuse. Yeah. You're going to it's, frazzle the meter. It's just very annoying. Very, very annoying. Yeah. Where when we're doing it, we've just got to think so far in advance. And you know, when you do get dropped on one that you need to change within a day or two, um, what do you do? You put a hammer through. Yeah, well, we want to do things as best and properly as we can. And I'm trying to teach Adam that's this is this is the proper way. I know, and, I know. Um, that's the annoying thing, isn't it? Because, like you say, you want to do it legitimately, and the proper way is one where really you have to say to your customer three weeks in advance, pay the energy, uh, pay um, the DNA two hundred and eighteen quid to come and change your fucking or to put an isolator in. And yeah, the trouble it's is, difficult. The next guy up the road, they're calling. Uh, <laughs> He'd have just pulled the fuse straight out. He'd have left it out, sat on the side, yeah, exposed. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very annoying. I'm sorry. I've just realised, guys. We. Go on, mate. I was just going to say, in some installations underneath your stairs, you haven't really got a lot of room, and sometimes you want to play a bit of Tetris with the fuse boards that are in there, move them around, just so you can put the isolator in. And so you can't really work back to front. You can't put the isolator in before you put the consumer units in because you might want to move a few things around first. Yeah, it might end up being that you're going to move his isolator. Even though you shouldn't do. You might have to move his isolator after he's installed it, just because it's in a really stupid place. Yeah, we've had it in our area where the boards are fitted outside in the DNO box. Loads of them around my area. If you then there's no room to physically put an isolator in as well as a new 18th board. So most of the time when we're doing it, I'm saying, listen, we've got to 
push it through into the house, but I still have to put an AD box inside there of the, a good standard size to, to join everything mm. through on a DIN rail. There's, and what else are you meant to do? Of course, the other thing that happens is some people leave the seal intact and then just take the tails out live. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right, I don't fancy that. <laughs> um, I've taken up an hour of your time, guys. I'm sorry, I didn't realise it was uh, an hour and five minutes so far. You are paying us for this, though, aren't you? Uh, I'm not, unfortunately. Um, I will speak to Sam. <laughs> um, it's a good job to say anything interesting then really isn't it that is true people have not listened to this bit now um, but yeah thank you Luke and Dave for saving the day and I presume Sam will be back next week at some okay. point so uh, thank you very much guys pleasure thank you very ciao, much for ciao. inviting me alright mate nice to speak to you it was yeah it's, uh, it's been a bit lonely on this side of YouTube <laughs> anything you want to say Dave or just any last smarky comments about me no, 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 I'll let them slide. I'm just ready. It's, it's, it's fucking boiling in here. I need to go and get over. <laughs> right, cheers, guys.